Thank you for joining me. Welcome back. Hello to new people. I'm writing a new mystery series, provisionally entitled The Jesse Kirkles Chronicles. We started with a bang. Our amateur sleuth, Emily, has been invited to a party in the big house down the street from where she lives. It's bonfire night. The local children are wandering the streets wearing ugly masks. Emily is carrying the handwritten invitation from the new inhabitants of the big house, whom she has never met, and a bottle of rosé wine and some wholesome homemade dish, cheesy potato bake, something like that. And it does occur to her that it could be some sort of trick. What if she gets there and the place is deserted? And then she seems to feel the presence of her dog, Jessie, walking for a few paces beside her. And she feels reassured. Jessie died the week before, which is why Emily has decided to get out of the house a bit more and why she's accepted this invitation. And this is Jessie's first appearance in the book as a spirit dog. And in fact, Emily herself is not yet really an amateur sleuth since no crime has yet been committed. But it will be. So she gets to the party and it isn't deserted. There's a carnival atmosphere. The place has been squatted by an international theatre troupe of mainly Scottish and Polish people, although they've assembled from all over the world to come and transform this huge, once derelict house into an arts and performance space. There are people walking on stilts in the garden, juggling with fire, doing all sorts of dangerous things that Emily herself had been warned against doing in childhood. And she ponders that as she explores the house and wonders whether or not she's actually witnessing the product of neglectful childhoods or whether or not this is some sort of collective uh, rebellion. And as she's thinking that, behind her, in a corridor, uh, a girl rushes along with, with not just one knife but a dozen knives, ornate handles, stubby blades, daggers really. Uh, and this girl's wearing a blue-grey costume spangled, a little bit tawdry close up, stains under the armpits, that sort of thing. Um, and Emily follows her at, at a distance, much more slowly, obviously, and sees this girl going into a place that's been done up like a frou-frou boudoir, where she meets another girl, her sister, who, who is wearing um, a similar blue-grey spangled costume. And um, the thing about this party is that it's very difficult to tell what has been staged and what is unfolding naturally. And Emily peeps in to see whether or not some performance might begin as the girls start to put on their makeup. But they look up and see her and they don't seem very pleased to see her. One of them actually gets up and shuts the door in Emily's face. So... But even that could be part of the performance. I mean, the whole place, it's, it's exciting, but also really rather unsettling. Um, Emily goes down to the kitchen to um, 
have a bit of food. Food's always comforting at a party. And then she sees that her cheesy potato bake hasn't gone down very well. It's rather grey and congealed, and she overhears one of the other revellers being rather rude about it. Rather rude about it. And Emily is um, obviously she's a self-reliant, feisty heroine, and so she doesn't let that upset her. But it does add to the weight of things that make her feel slightly uncomfortable tonight. And then, uh, what do you know? She meets the man who's to be her love interest in this book, um, Peter the blacksmith, with his strong muscular arms and his air of slight sadness. Perhaps he has some secret that Emily will uncover or certainly will hope to uncover but every time there's an opportunity for them to get to know each other a little better inevitably um, this is thwarted by the intervention of outside events but she does overhear him saying something rather nice about the dish that she's brought and that cheers her up uh, he seems not to know that she has she's the one who brought it and uh, he he does put a huge dollop of it on his plate. But now it's time uh, to go into the Grand Hall to watch what's going to be the most thrilling act of the night, the knife throwing. Emily, uh, Emily follows Peter into the hall and they squeeze in and she, he's standing right next to her, which is very pleasant. And the two sisters come in Apparently they're very well known. Apparently they're famous. Emily's never heard of them. Um, they're, they're blindfolded and they stand facing each other with their backs against opposite walls and they begin to throw the knives simultaneously. It's really rather exciting and there are gasps from the audience. And Emily's just thinking, you know, there's got to be more than skill involved in this. There's got to be some sort of trick. There must be some safeguard to ensure that they don't hurt each other. And then something terrible happens. Um, the, one of the knives hits one of the sisters in the chest. And she gurgles and slumps. She looks towards Emily beseechingly, it seems. Although it could be Emily's imagination. And then she dies. I mean, it's some part of Emily's brain is saying to her, look, don't be so unsophisticated. Just wait a few moments. This is all part of the act. This girl is going to get up and bow and everything's going to be all right. Uh, but people are screaming. Some people are, w are running towards this girl. Some, some are running away. People who are further away who can't see what's happened and who, who can only hear the confusion and the screaming, they think that perhaps, perhaps they're all in danger and they start running away. And while all this is going on, outside, the people who are still having the party in the garden who either didn't want to see the knife-throwing act or who couldn't get in because it was too crowded, they, they're carrying on as normal. They're laughing, singing, and this provides um, a rather sinister soundscape. Um, the, the sound outside seems to come in waves, as if, as if somebody was throwing it in dollops against the window and trying to make it stick. 
and Emily is reaching for her phone. Others are, others have got there before her. Others are calling the police, dialing 999, which is the emergency number in the UK. And then she sees something. She realises that the knife that has stuck in the girl's chest is not one of these ornate daggers. It's an ordinary, long-handled kitchen knife. And she looks around and above her that there are people hanging from the balconies above to look at what's going on. There are two staircases leading down into this grand hall. Anyone could have thrown that knife. Well, I hope you'll come back um, for the next episode. We'll plan a little bit more. But the mystery has begun. We've got a crime. We've got a heroine. We've got a dead dog who's going to help with solving the mysteries. We've got a love interest. And we've got some all sorts of mysterious, colourful, exciting characters. So um, I'm going to go and write that up. And uh, I hope you'll join me for the next episode. Bye-bye.